The Bruin basketball the Bruin basketball team has a tremendous opportunity this Saturday when they look to bounce back and take on another Power 5 opponent in North Carolina and a chance for UCLA once again to show that they can hang with that top talent. And with that, we welcome you in to Locked On Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley, your host. You can find me on Twitter, at Brian Fenley. There's an email for the show. It's LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. And then there's the all-important subscribe button. And if you can do that and hit that and become a regular, I will be eternally grateful because I never, ever take your time for granted. The basis of this episode will focus on previewing UCLA's next basketball game, which is against North Carolina at Las Vegas. I'm going to look at the heels and why they haven't been playing like their normal selves. They have been vulnerable. They have been struggling. What has contributed to that? Plus, we'll look at some of the heels' latest games, which their last game against Wofford ended up being a, a loss for UNC, plus how can UCLA exploit some of the struggles that the Heels have right now? These are all going to be talked about on the show, and we appreciate you once again for checking this out. So let's get right into it, and the Tar Heels right now are unranked outside the AP Top 25 poll. To give you a sense of how long it has been, since they have spent a week outside the top 25. You got to go back to 2014. I mean, that's just insane. I think Kansas has a longer record as far as consecutive weeks in the top 25. But you talk about a program as prestigious as North Carolina, and this just shows you that they have really dipped off. There have been many factors that have played into the woes that this team is experiencing. And most notably, it's some of the injuries that have plagued this team. In fact, their star in Cole Anthony, highly recruited, five-star guy, a, a freshman who is second among freshmen nationally, averaging 19 points per game. There was news that came out yesterday that Anthony had a procedure done to repair a partially torn meniscus and that he was slated, projected to miss four to six weeks. So here is their star point guard and the motor, the engine behind this offense, and he's not going to be available for the game against UCLA. And that, that is a tremendous, tremendous loss for this team because when they don't have him playing, the Heels' offense sputters. They did against Wofford when he was not in the game, and that was the last game that the Heels played in. And without the presence of Anthony, UNC is shooting from the field around 38%. They are shooting from three-point range around 30%. You're not going to win a lot of games when you're firing it at, at that clip. And against Wofford, they were at 36.5%. You can't win games that way, and right now scoring has been a struggle because they have not had their facilitator in as of late. On top of that, that's not the only injury issue that they're dealing with right now. In fact, Leaky Black 
is said to be out with a sprained right foot. Now, reports are saying that he did travel with the team because they are playing at Gonzaga tonight. Props to Roy Williams for scheduling this and okaying this because this is not a very winnable matchup. Even if you're North Carolina and you're playing in tip-top shape like you're known to be in the top 10 in the country, top 5 in the country, it's still, no matter how well... uh, established your team is or how well they're playing it's never an easy thing it's a very tricky thing to go into Spokane and try to beat the Zags in the kettle because right now specifically Gonzaga is ranked number two in the country and they are absolutely finding their form but again Leaky Black is a guy who we could see in this game Tonight, we're not totally sure. He has been a a regular starter, and he's also been a a big backup behind Anthony as far as the point guard duties are concerned. So right now, the the depth at guards is not very nice, is not very high, and is not very comfortable if you're head coach Roy Williams like you'd like a little bit more cushion there and so that has also played and factored into the inability to to score and the inability in shooting the three-point shot at a very high clip now Roy Williams was was asked about not having Anthony coming up here and he said quote obviously not having a player of Cole's caliber will be a tremendous challenge to our young team, but we have to play. No one is going to replace the production Cole Anthony gives us, so it's up to everyone else who puts on that North Carolina jersey to raise his game and help our team play better. So he is kind of got a call to action for the rest of his players. Unfortunately, if you're a Heels fan, you have not seen the point production at a very high clip for your bench scoring. You're not getting a lot of efficiency from your reserves. If you go back to the last five games and you add up the bench scoring for the Heels and compare it to their opponents, UNC is getting outscored 122 to 54. Yes, I did not say that wrong. 122 to 54. That is a recipe for ineptitude, and that is another cause for why the Heels have dropped off recently. In fact, they have, right now, a three-game losing streak. They lost to Wofford, which we'll discuss in a little bit. They also have defeats against Ohio State and Virginia, and they're staring at potentially a fourth straight loss with Gonzaga, who they're going to be tipping off against tonight. So, Not exactly the prototypical UNC team that we're used to, but they still have bigs that have been playing solidly, and they are going to present challenges for the Bruins. We are going to discuss that that particular matchup, how UCLA could fare against the bigs of Carolina and how it is a premium. It is imperative that Jalen Hill and Cody Riley, our front court guys, have to get back to being a dominant factor because when we don't see them do so, it is a recipe for a loss, which we saw against Notre Dame last weekend when they 
as a tandem struggled. So that is coming up next. I will tell you, if you have the same kind of point production that UCLA had against Notre Dame as they do against North Carolina, there's no way the Bruins are going to win. Cody Riley and Jalen Hill know that so much of what they do in the paint is going to contribute to the flow of the offense. You saw both of them against the Fighting Irish combined for 3 of 16 from the field. Jalen Hill went 0 for 5 from the field, and we've got to find a way to get him playing better on the road or in neutral court, court settings because it's like he's a different player when he's not at Poly Pavilion and basically does not help the team in a, in, in a significant way. Then you've got Riley, who missed a handful of shots against the Fighting Irish around the rim. I mean, he was getting penetration, and then the shots were not going. And so, at times, he settled on jump shots, which is exactly what the defense wants him to do, because he doesn't shoot that at a high clip. And that, when you see, when you see those shots being attempted, Mick Cronin gets a bit queasy in the stomach, because he's, he knows that is not the strong suit of Cody Riley. Now, how do the Bruins get back to becoming a more dominant offense or a more, more consistent offense? It starts with those two guys. Whenever we've seen a semblance of flow, a semblance of rhythm offensively, a semblance of guys knowing their roles, the offense is clicking, the ball is moving, it's when they get it into the paint early and they establish the low post presence. When they can't do that, it is basically anarchy out there offensively and guys are basically forced to take contested jump shots three balls that go off the rim and the offense basically it kind of folds it is imperative to say the least that Cody Riley and Jalen Hill have to reinstitute themselves and become with no excuses the two dominating forces on this team because as it's been said endlessly the roles on this team are still being established because nobody really knows exactly their role. And nobody really has been that consistent 20-point-per-game score like the Bruins had last year when they had Jalen Hands and Chris Wilkes. And you know you guys are probably going to get at least 15 a game, points-wise, from both of them on a daily basis. But... We have seen guys do shoot well enough to score 20 points a game this year. It's just not been at a consistent basis. However, we have seen Cody Riley get into the 20-point figure category. So it's not like he can't do it. It's going to be up to him to take that pride in the paint, to take ownership over his position, and to really utilize his tenacity, his toughness, his strength, his fitness, and his physicality to, to get buckets inside. The, the best we've seen this offense play is when Cody Riley is fed the ball a lot early in shot clocks, and 
he doesn't have a double or triple team up against him. When that happens and they wait to get him the ball or he gets into some foul trouble, which he's been accustomed to, then this offense is a shell of itself. And when you're looking, you're dying for any sort of consistency or some a heartbeat of this offense, it is definitely Cody Riley at this point. And so when you don't have that, you don't have the ability to score in games against really tough opponents or power five opponents. And so I, I look at this matchup with with Riley and Hill and I, I see who they have to go up against on the other side. As poor as the Heels guard play has been recently because of their lack of depth there because of injuries, they do have some pretty nice bigs and most notably Garrison Brooks. He's a 6'9 junior Averages 12-9. and nine. And then you have Armando Baycott, who is a bit raw still. He's a 6'10 freshman and has been not playing to his liking recently. I guess against Wofford, he went 2-14 of 14 from the field. And so he's 6'10, mind you. And that game against Wofford, the Terriers, listen to this, they had only one player on their roster, or who, or who at least played in this game, who was taller than 6'5". So you're telling me that you go 2 of 14, you're 6'10", and you have only one guy that is taller than 6'5", and that's all you can do. This, while it is in the past, this is something that the Bruins are going to have to like because... If they can be sound defensively, which hasn't always come in critical junctures for this team. It's come in spurts. It hasn't been a regular presence. But if you can be sound defensively in the interior, you can bother and stymie these bigs because we've seen teams that are really physical but undersized force the bigs on the heels to struggle. So it's not like it's not possible. It's just going to have to be for for Riley and Hill. They have to find a way to to defend really sharply and keenly, but at the same time, don't get called for fouls. So defending aggressively, don't giving not giving up space, but at the same time, you can't get plagued with foul trouble. I mean, that is the, anytime either one of those guys get in foul trouble, it really dooms this team. Because as you've seen, they don't shoot the three ball a lot or at a high clip because they don't really have a lot of great shooters. I mean, they do have a few, I will say. But it hasn't been a substantive part of this, op, substantive, or a, a substantial part of this offense, I should say, for being relied upon. Oh, we we'll, we'll make eight threes a game. Like this is this is going to happen every game. Like that hasn't been the case, and the teams on the other side have been shooting a lot more threes and making a lot more threes. What I will say is, if there is an opportunity 
there will be a lot of open looks for Bruin guards from the three-point line, I think, in this game. The question is, are they going to be comfortable taking those shots? Are they going to be given the green light to take those shots? They will be there. They will be open. Now, I will say that it is encouraging that the Bruins did make seven threes against Notre Dame on 16 attempts. That's pretty solid efficiency. They could, I would presume, better that number against North Carolina because there are holes and that that guard play defensively is kind of patched work together right now with the injuries to to Black and and Cole Anthony. So if you're going to be confident in your shot, you are going to have open looks from three-point range. And the question is, can UCLA knock those down? If they do, this is going to be huge because I'm looking at there's going to be shots, open shots from three-point range. Can the Bruins make those? And then can Jalen Hill and Cody Riley be able to outmuscle and outfox their bigs, their their guys, their counterparts on the heels in the lane? If those two things work out, I, I like the heels losing this game, and I think the Bruins could could come away with the win. And what I'm going to point out here in our next segment is, is that the heels. They get caught with what UCLA does at times, and it's that defensive lapses, those lulls in games. All right, so final segment here, and we're continuing to preview the Bruin basketball's matchup against North Carolina on Saturday. And I teased this at the end of the last segment in that the UNC Tar Heels, their defense kind of struggles in large segments. I think if you go back to a couple games, you can see that they give up significant runs and they lose their composure and focus. For one, the game against Michigan, the Wolverines went on a 19-0 run against Ohio State. The Heels gave up a 13-2 run. They also gave up a 17-2 run. Against Virginia, UNC surrendered a 16-3 blitz. So, you can see that the defense has not always been fully engaged and fully focused. And that was apparent against Wofford, which was the Heels' last game and a 68-64 to win for the Terriers. And before you say, oh my goodness, how does Wofford beat North Carolina? Wofford has beaten North Carolina in two of the last three years. The In that particular game, North Carolina shot the ball poorly, which they have done for the most part this season, right around 36.5%. And what do you know, in that second half, Wofford was able to propel out to a 16-0 run, which ultimately secured the game for them. In that sequence, they made four threes in about a six-minute time span, and the Heels missed 10 consecutive shots. There in that stretch, there were three turnovers, and then the Heels fouled a three-point shooter. So that also did not help the cause. But we've talked about the defensive brain farting on the UN or the UCLA side, and that guys aren't always keen in on on being quick to rotations and getting in front of their man. 
and helping when they need to. Well, here's the heels, and they're having the same issues. So it'll be very interesting to see what team can rebound from some of their defensive shortcomings here and come out on top. But again, a couple things to note. Hopefully we get Jules Bernard back. Jules did not play against Notre Dame. He had that shoulder sprain, and so he was really missed. Hopefully we'll get an update on his presence later this week and if he'll be available when Mick Cronin talks to the media later this week, and we'll obviously discuss that with you. Also coming up tomorrow, we will recap Bruin, uh, Bruin football signing day and what the UCLA team has as far as new guys at their arsenal that can help bolster the roster. And then one other point I want to mention was that the Senior Bowl, which is coming up in college football, they tweeted out that Bruin great Darnay Holmes had accepted an invitation to take part in the Senior Bowl. So that's a pretty big story there because he did have more eligibility, but it does seem like he is testing out his draft status, and that would be a big blow to UCLA secondary if indeed he does not hang around. And that obviously puts more pressure on the recruiting staff to get more guys in there and help out on the back end. So that is all coming up. More chatter on football along with basketball the rest of this week. Thank you all for spending part of your day with me here on Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley.